Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. This netcast is part of a series from the Fall 2009 Faith and Globalization Seminar. For more on the initiative, visit faithandglobalization.yale.edu. Harry, when you ask concerned people who aren't particularly believers what they love about Jesus, what they often say is they love the Sermon on the Mount, that the Sermon on the Mount tells us the heart of the Christian gospel, and they may not know it, but they love it. Uh, here's a surprising thing that we come along, and in Luke chapter 6, Jesus says very much what he seems to be saying in the Sermon on the Mount, but he's saying it on a plane, P-L-A-I-N, mm -hmm. not airplane, flat mm -hmm. place. Uh, what's going on? Why these two different versions, and what's the difference between them? It's a really interesting contrast with the Gospel of Matthew, where Jesus does uh, speak from a mountain, reminds us in Matthew of um, Moses giving the Torah on Mount Sinai. And uh, uh, from Matthew's point of view, the continuity between Jesus and Moses is very, very important. Huge. Huge. Uh, Luke also has his continuities with the Old Testament, but that's not one of them. My hunch is that both Matthew and Luke had a source that uh, gave an account of uh, a major sermon of Jesus that had a lot of this material mm -hmm. in it, and each of them frames this sermon in uh, a way that's compatible with his mm -hmm. understanding of how to tell the story mm -hmm. of Jesus. So Matt, it's Matthew, I think, who adds the, the mount theme. Okay. And also adds uh, some other uh, structuring elements to the, uh, the story. For instance, in Matthew's Sermon on the Mount, we have the antithesis of old it was said, but right. I tell you. Right. We don't have that don't in have Luke. That uh, in Luke, we, we begin with, uh, with the Beatitudes, and that's where Matthew begins as well. But the Beatitudes seem to function in two different ways in these Gospels. And it's interesting to see, uh, to get Luke's profile, uh, to understand what's going on yeah. with these, these Beatitudes. Uh, so, uh, and again, the contrast, I think, is a way to do so. So in Matthew, you have, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, uh, which is a way, I think, of suggesting a kind of attitude or behavior. Mm -hmm. You need to have a detachment from worldly goods. Mm -hmm. Um, in Luke, in the Beatitudes, you have a judgment on a condition. Uh, in Luke uh, 6, uh, chapter 20, blessed are you who are yeah. poor, really physically poor, yeah. for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, he goes on, blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Not hungry for righteousness, but right. really hungry. hungry. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we have some continuity here between um, the sort of option for the poor theme that we had in the Magnificat and the Benedictus and that we had in Jesus' uh, sermon yeah. quoting the prophecy of Isaiah. Yeah. There is a message of good news for the poor here. There's also, interestingly enough, a message of judgment for the rich. Yeah. And this uh, continues the theme of the mighty will be thrown yeah. down from their uh, high places and the like. Because after the Beatitudes in Luke, uh, we have a series of woes, yeah. which we don't have in Matthew. So Luke says, but woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn. A very different prophetic tone yep. from what we have in Matthew. Yep. So this, this form of beatitude or congratulatory formula um, it works in different ways in the two Gospels and probably picks up two different emphases of what Jesus uh, actually did and taught. I was going to do this, I'll do this once and once only in our conversation mm -hmm. today. Do you have a guess on which comes closer to the words of Jesus if we can get those? I think in general, Luke is probably a little closer to uh, the original wording of Jesus in a lot of the material that he transmits. Mm -hmm. uh, not always, and in some cases it's a very tough call, uh, but I think overall there's, there's less artifice yeah. in the structuring of yeah. things, and so I, I have a hunch that uh, Luke is picking up a sayings tradition, whether it's an oral or written form, right. 
uh, that's uh, closer to yeah. the, the earliest phase of, of that transmission. Well, and it's easier to see why Matthew might want to tone it down a little bit. If, if you tell me that blessed are the poor and I'm fairly wealthy, that's annoying. If you say blessed are the poor in spirit, I think, ah, I bet I can do that, yep. uh, even in my comfort. And, that's right. And, uh, Luke's tougher on us in this way. Luke is tougher. We've already wrestled a little bit with this issue of uh, whom he is addressing. Yeah. Uh, is it the poor or is it the rich? And I've suggested that I think he is uh, talking to a relatively well-to-do Christian community, and he has some tough words from them on occasion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reminding them here yeah. that they stand whoa, under whoa, the judgment whoa, whoa. of, yeah, uh, of Jesus if they don't take their responsibility yeah. seriously. Yeah. Um, but then it goes on. The, uh, the rest of the uh, sermon on the, uh, the plain in Luke um, has a lot of material that we find also in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew, including the love command. Loving enemies is yeah. uh, a hallmark of this uh, ethos of Jesus. And uh, nonviolence, the uh, you know, turn the other cheek, um, is also there in Luke uh, 6.29. And generosity, give to anyone who asks, something that I find hard to do sometimes. Very hard. Uh, often being, asked. Yeah, yeah, often asked. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but they, the love command, in all, with all of its, its force, its bite, is here in, in Luke. And that's certainly essential to the, uh, uh, the uh, message of Jesus. But at the end, we have a little bit of Lucan shaping, too. In Luke 6.36, in a position where in Matthew's version of the great sermon, we have the saying, be ye perfect as your yeah. heavenly Father is yeah. perfect. We have Luke portraying Jesus as saying, be merciful yeah. just as your Father yeah. is merciful. Now, this may reflect two different translations right. of um, uh, some Aramaic phrase, or it may reflect a kind of theological difference. Yeah. Perfection, I think, for Matthew is uh, righteousness, uh, adherence to the, the Torah to the, to the, as Jesus, as Jesus interprets, Torah. interprets it. Uh, that's right. For Luke, it's this virtue. Mercy thing is huge. Mercy yeah. that was highlighted in the Magnificat, yeah. mercy that's going to be highlighted in constantly yeah, in Jesus' interactions time time. with yeah. people. Yeah. yeah, mercy on the cross. Really. That's right, that's yeah. right. That's very, very good. Um, one theme, one story that we have in here that's only in Luke uh, is in chapter 11, where Jesus raises a, a widow's son. You mean chapter 7? I mean chapter 7, chapter verse 7, 11. verse 11, where yep. Jesus raises a woman's son. You want to say two words about that before we get to the parable? Yeah, it's one of um, three stories of resurrection that we have in the, uh, the Gospels. Um, and uh, in each of these cases, I think what we have is a foretaste of uh, what happens to Jesus uh, in his final vindication. All right. Uh, that's crystal clear in the, uh, the fourth gospel with the raising of Lazarus. Here it's early on, and it's interesting that it's framed in terms of a widow's son, uh, part of this Lucan theme of, of compassion toward um, women in particular, uh, and uh, another example of God's mercy toward, uh, toward all of Israel. Uh, but through Gets the us image to another of woman. woman. That's right. Uh, where a woman comes, she's, invited, she's at a banquet, she pulls, takes down her hair, her hair's taken down, she wipes Jesus' feet. People say, this guy's a prophet, why couldn't he know she was a sinner? And Jesus tells a little story about sin and forgiveness. Sounds like a kind of paradigm of what Luke's up to in some ways. Absolutely, this is uh, Luke chapter seven, verse 36 and following. And it's um, a story that's, that's replicated in uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 12, where the woman is identified as Mary, yeah. Mary of Bethany. And later church tradition will conflate that Mary with Mary Magdalene. Mary mm -hmm. Magdalene, who, by the way, is mentioned in Luke chapter 8 as one of the uh, women who support the uh, mission of, uh, of Jesus. Uh, Mary, uh, from whom seven demons had yeah, come yeah. out. But it's not explicit that the woman in chapter 7 right. is Mary Magdalene. Right. So what we have is a sinful woman 
marginalized, probably rejected by the Pharisaic establishment, yep. the house in which Jesus is eating is owned by a Pharisee, according to uh, 736. Yep. And uh, Jesus insists that an essential part of his gospel is outreach to people even like this. Uh, you know, when Luke is telling this story, he might well be um, telling it within an environment where the issue of, uh, of the possibility of forgiveness for post-baptismal sin, especially serious sexual sin, is on the table. We mm -hmm. know that that was a serious uh, issue in the second century in the church. And I think Luke is, um, uh, is insisting that um, the, the message of Jesus is the me message of radical compassion and forgiveness, even for the most serious of sins. Terrific. So this becomes a way in which, once again, in Jesus, God's grace reaches out, God's mercy reaches out, to use Luke's language, far beyond the boundaries of what we would usually expect. Yes, indeed. It's uh, exemplary of the it's, whole gospel. In that sense, very powerful. Yep. Thank you. Yale University, in collaboration with the Tony Blair Faith Foundation, has created the Faith and Globalization Initiative, which examines the profound impact of religious faith in a world where political, economic, and social spheres are increasingly interconnected. These crucial issues of faith and globalization can hopefully, through open discussion and reflection, lead to the kind of reconciliation and peaceful coexistence that life in the 21st century demands.